0: Good morning! Everybody good today? Happy Father's Day. What a great day to be alive, and it's a great day to be a father. And if you're not a father yet, and you will be when it's time, and um, I'm grateful for my earthly father... And I'm grateful for the relationship that I have with my my spiritual father, with our heavenly father. And today, um, we've been on summer reruns, uh, but today I've got a, a message entitled, Father Knows Best. Now, there was a there was a series I think in the 50s or 60s, I've seen a few reruns of those, and the title of the show was Father Knows Best, and it was the, it was the earthly father in that situation that knows best, but um, today <clears throat> we could talk a lot about earthly fathers and responsibilities and all those things and how we all do it wrong and how we need to get better and all these different kinds of things. But today, my message entitled Father Knows Best has to do with our Heavenly Father and how He knows best in everything and how vitally important it is that you and I have a relationship with Him and an ongoing relationship and knowing what it is and what it looks like and how to develop that throughout our life. It's vital that you and I are connected to the Father. And uh, so today, I'm going to start in 2 Timothy. And we're just going to look at a number of different scriptures and just talk about our Heavenly Father. Um, <clears throat> in 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 12, This is the Apostle Paul's letter to Timothy, his second letter to Timothy. And he says in the 12th verse, For this reason I also suffered these things, nevertheless, I'm not ashamed. I'm not ashamed. For I know whom I have believed, I know whom I have believed, and I am persuaded that He, the Father, is able to keep what I've committed to Him until that day. I know in whom I have believed. I know him. I know in whom I have believed and he said, I'm persuaded that what I've entrusted to him he will keep until that day. Um, You know there's a lot said in, in our society about fathers and the lack of, and the Scripture talks about fathers. In fact, in the Corinthians, there's a verse of Scripture that says there's many instructors, and that word instructors is defined in the Greek as an immature or a boy leader. There's many immature leaders, but very few fathers. Many instructors and people that are, and, and men that are immature, but very few fathers. And to be a real father, to really be a father, you have to emulate the father who is the example and the perfect example of what he desires in the earth in myself and all of the fathers that are here or the soon-to-be fathers one day. God created us a certain way to be an example. He didn't create us, He didn't create us to be perfect. He created us to strive for perfection. He didn't create us to to be him. He created us to be like him. And there's a difference. There's only one father. Amen. And you and I, were created to want to be like Him. Amen. So, one of the things that's talked a lot about in our society is how we have a fatherless society. The Bible even prophesies about, <clears throat> about, in the day in which we're living, that God would restore the hearts of the children and the fathers, that there would be a restoration of children and fathers. That their, the, the, their hearts would be knitted together again, meaning that there was a lack of that. And I'm telling you today that the only reason that someone, that a, a, that a man who is a father doesn't act like a father is because he doesn't know how. He's not been given the right instructions. My earthly father is a great man. He's he's in his 80s and and he's vibrant. He travels all over the world and does a lot of things. He he and I have a a great relationship. But I didn't learn a lot from him about how to be a father. But I have such a desire to be a father. All, all the years that my children that have been with Becky and I, I've wanted to be a father. And I've made horrible mistakes as a father. And the enemy, we have an enemy out there that wants you and I to focus on our mistakes. But the deal is, Paul said, he said, I know in whom I have believed. And I trust and I'm confident that He's going to keep me until that day. What day? Until I'm gone from here. Every day. Every single day on planet Earth, He's going to keep me. And that I can trust Him and I can learn from Him and I can grow with Him. And if anything if there's anything that's needed today on this earth is men having a relationship with the Father. Bar none. I love my earthly father. He He's a great man. Done a lot of good things. Got a lot of awards in his life and, and those kind of things. But his father wasn't a father because he didn't know how to be a father. So is it Is it my grandfather's fault, or is it my great grandfather's fault, or is it my father's fault if if I don't have specific things? We got to get out of that mess. We got to leave that mess behind us. It's almost like a ball and chain that people pull around all the time. Well, you know, if I'd have just had a good father, well, you're here, right? You're sitting here today so somebody was good and there were good things that happened in your life, right? And, and, and I'll just tell you this, if you learn day by day to trust God and to believe God, amazing things will happen. One day I had a, somebody said to me, you know, I don't know why this, this situation happened. You know, I, I, was, I was believing God and I was somewhere and got, you know, my car got hit, you know, and. And I just don't understand why that happened. I said, well, you're alive. What could have happened in that car wreck if you weren't believing God? I mean, what do we, how, how are we going to view life? And how are we going to look at life? You say, well, so God's not going to protect you from a car wreck? I didn't say that. said, so first you've got to learn to believe God and along the path of believing, Okay, stuff happens, and we don't have to tolerate stuff, but when stuff happens, let's be grateful that this didn't happen. Amen. You know? God's desiring that you and I understand Father's heart, and when we understand His heart, I'm telling you, nothing else matters. <clears throat> When I got born again years ago, after I got born again, I had this idea that Christians because I, I, I was not raised in church and I got born again when I was 18 just because I heard someone preach the word and it and it drew me to God. But I didn't I didn't know anything about God. So when I got born again, I thought that all Christians were perfect. I thought that they really walked in love, I thought they did right things, you know, and so I was real intimidated because I didn't do right things, and I knew it, and so I tried to act like I did do right things, you know, well, you know, they may not accept me if I, if they find out, you know, I'm smoking reefer or whatever, you know, and and and, and what, what would they think if I'm doing that? Well, that's just what I did, and I hadn't got rid of that yet in my life. And what are they going to think? So, I'd be I'd go around to Christians and be with the Christians, and then I'd go do my thing after that, for a little while. But over time, what happened with me is I fell in love with God. <laughs> you know, and as I fell in love with God and got closer to God, I realized other people did things that weren't right too and uh, I used to think what we need to do for things to work out in the world and in church world and everything is that we've got to we've got to learn to get along and you know that's really not true the truth is we've got to learn to have a relationship with the Father and all the other stuff will work out when you love God you won't hate your brother When you love God, you won't compete with your brother. When you love God, you're not going to fight with people and argue and bicker and just want everything to pertain to you. When you love God, everything else will work out. How do we draw together in church life and people's lives? Relationship. You can't separate the development of your faith from the development of your relationship with God. You can't separate the two because an indicator of whether you have relationship with God is that you have faith and trust and confidence in Him. But that doesn't come just because you're a person that confesses the Word, or just a person that prays or reads the Word, and all that's good, and that's part of a relationship with God, but that doesn't produce intimacy with the Father. See, you can can confess the Word, you can talk the Word, You can pray in other tongues and do all kinds of things and not have a real relationship with God. I mean an ongoing relationship. And God wants that with us more than you want it. He wants it with you. The Father wants relationship with you more than you want it. And the more you understand that, the more you'll want it. John 17 in verse 3. <clears throat> John 17 and 3. And this is eternal life. That they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. Everybody say there's one God. There's only one God. Let, let's, it, it's really good in your life, and you don't, have to, you don't have to force this down other people's throat, but it's really important in your life to settle the fact that there is one God. There's one God, only one. There's, there's not, you know, I had somebody give me a book Several years back, said, All Roads Lead to God was the title of this book. <clears throat> and they were well-meaning in giving me the book. But the, the problem that I have with the book, with that book is, is that it doesn't say that in here. And, I, and if I'm going to be a believer that there's one God, and I believe this book, and you've got to settle this in your life. And you don't have to be arrogant about it. You don't have to run other people off. You can still have friends and acquaintances with people that don't believe this. In fact, it's really important that you do. Jesus did. He had, he had lots of relationships with other people. In fact, the world loved him. The church hated him. So it's good to have other relations. You don't have to shove this down other people's throats, but man, you've got to be convinced there's one God. There's only one. See, because other people are convincing the world out there that there's more than one God, that all roads lead to God. If you have faith and confidence in a pine cone, then that pine cone is your God. And that pine cone can deliver you. And you think that's silly, but I know people that think that. I know people, right? But I don't make them feel stupid. Let them believe in their pine cone, you know? What the world needs, there's a scripture in John that says that when the Father and I are one, then the world knows. When the Father and I are one, when we're one, when my confidence is in Him and what He's done and accomplished and who He is in my life, and that relationship is ongoing and developing, then the world will know. Yeah. See, but if my relationship is, is surface and it's not in a developing state, if my relationship with God is not developing, then the world doesn't know because there's not a whole lot of difference. Because the results in your and my life come from relationship. Not just from saying all the right things and appearing to do all the right things and all that. It comes from relationship. And it's vital that you and I understand that faith and the development of your faith in God will only develop as much as your relationship do. So, let's keep looking. Actually, I'm going to read in, in the same 17th chapter of John, in the 21st verse. It says, that they all may be one as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that you sent me. See, the world believing hinges on the fact that you and I are one with the Father. That you and I are one in a relationship with God Almighty. And when I'm one with Him, and I'm living in an ongoing relationship, then amazing things can come out of that. Um, <clears throat> I saw this quote the other day that this is a, 15th century quote so the words aren't necessarily what we would kind of use today some of them but this is a this is a really powerful quote and it's by a man before his time his name was Martin Luther some of you may have heard of him it's not Martin Luther King Jr. his name is Martin Luther lived in the 1500s and um, this this is the quote Reason, reason is a whore. The greatest enemy that faith has, in other words, is reason. It never comes to the aid of spiritual things, reason. But more frequently than not, struggles against the divine word, reason does. Treating with contempt all that emanates from God. Reason is a counterfeit, in other words. It's the greatest enemy to your faith. And the reason that you and I reason, (laughs) the reason we reason is because of our lack of faith in the Father's ability. And I will not have ongoing developing faith if I'm not developing a relationship with Him. And reason is that enemy daily in our lives. Daily. More frequently than not, it struggles against the Word, treating with contempt all that emanates from God. In other words, telling you that God really can't do what he said he'll do for you. In other words, that's what reason does. We weren't created to reason. We were created to believe. Amen? So as a result of that, after I read that, this is what I say over myself. (laughs) Don't think. So every time you start thinking and your reasoning and your reasoning is affecting faith and confidence in God, do what? Begin to pray. Thank God for the person of the Holy Spirit. Thank God for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Thank God for the ability to pray in other tongues. Paul said, I thank God I pray in tongues more than you. Sounded kind of arrogant, but what he was saying was, I just thank God I believe it. He said that in the midst of all this controversy about it. There's been controversy about praying in other tongues in church life for years and years and years. Don't, Don't offend people with it. Don't shove it down their throat. Just do it. Amen? Every time a reasoning thought comes to your mind, begin to pray in the Spirit. And what do you do as you pray in the Spirit? You build yourself up in faith. How? By hearing the voice of the Father. Father knows best. Amen? Every day, all the time, in every situation, your reasoning mind will short-circuit your connection with the Father. Shut it down. No, don't think, Bert. Shut up. Pray. Don't think. Pray. Don't do any thinking. Pray. Oh, but Pastor, we've got a mind. We got a yeah, No, I didn't say don't, you know have thought processes, but if they're talking you out of the will of God, shut it down and pray. Father knows best. Amen? Amen? Every time. Every time. Everybody say, "Every every time. Father knows best every single time, and the more you do that, the more you become convinced that Father knows best, and you become more and more convinced of your ability to hear Him and know what He's telling you to do. If you don't practice it, You'll never develop it, and you won't live your life knowing Father knows best. I'm telling you, he knows best. So today, just close your eyes for a minute, lift your right hand. Father, we just wish you a happy Father's Day. Amen? Glory be to God, we wish you a happy Father's Day. We thank you for being our Creator and our Father, and we thank you for the Holy Spirit you've given us so we can hear you and we can know you and we can live for you every day amen and amen and amen amen he knows best he knows best proverbs 3 and 5 says trust in the lord with all of your heart lean not to your what in other words reasoning mind lean not to your understanding in all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. Glory to God forevermore. Can you say amen to that? One of the things that faith takes, what it takes to develop faith and relationship, is a lot of patience. It takes a lot of patience. It takes a lot of of patience to develop faith because faith goes against the grain of the world that we live in the way most people live most Christians live is not based on faith in God's Word it takes a lot of patience to develop faith in a specific thing but what it does if you allow the patience to have its perfect work The Bible says you'll be mature and complete, lacking in nothing in your life. Why? Because it's developing that relationship. You you can't separate relationship with faith. They're synonymous. They're, they're, They're connected. You can't separate it. You develop faith, it develops relationship. As you're developing relationship, it develops faith in God. You can't separate the two. But it takes a lot of patience. Every time, and I'll just tell you, I'm not saying that the Word directly says this, okay? So you you choose whether it does or not for you. I'm not saying that the Word, um, word for word says this, but I know this based on probably 20 or 30 different scriptures. I know this in myself. Every time that I'm developing faith in something and I'm believing God for a specific thing to happen and come to pass, instead of making it happen, I'm believing God for it. It's one thing to make something happen, another thing to believe God for the plan. God has a plan and a procedure, right? We don't want faith in the plan and the procedure. We want faith in God so that our faith is in His plan and procedure, not just anything. See, it's easy to go make something happen. But every single time that I'm believing God for something and it takes longer, the moment I start questioning why it's taking longer, I'm in unbelief. The moment I do, I'm in unbelief. When I'm questioning why it's not working, it's because I'm in unbelief. Now, why am I in unbelief? The reason I'm in unbelief in that area is because of the lack of relationship. See, when you have an ongoing relationship and there's trust there, there's no fear, and there's no unbelief, and there's no doubt, and there's nothing. See? So, it's not the lack of you being something, it's the lack of your connection with Father. Because when you're connected with Father, there's no unbelief, there's no doubt. It doesn't matter if it takes ten more years for the manifestation. Father and I are together on this thing, and I'm hearing him, and I know it's right, and I'm standing, and I will not doubt this. I'm not saying doubt doesn't come to your head. Yeah, I mean, doubt will rattle the cage of your brain. But it doesn't mean it's true. See, because reason does what? Reason is a whore. It's a counterfeit. And reason tries to tell you God can't do what he said he'll do. God's always done every single thing he ever said he would do, but it takes great patience to endure to the end. Patience isn't this picture of somebody just sitting back and doing nothing. Patience has to do with endurance. Patience has to do with doing all you know to do in the, in the midst of patiently waiting for manifestation in something. Because if you don't, you get frustrated, go do something else, or go make it happen. And then when, you, when you're making it happen, now your confidence is in what you can do instead of what God can do through you. doesn't mean we don't do things. Yeah, we do a lot. But I've got to be in His plan and procedure and not the ones I've created. Because we've all created things. We all get frustrated and we've all quit and done something else. But God's wanting us to trust and have confidence in Him to the end. Can you say amen to that? Um, amen. <clears throat> So first John 4, I want to look at this for a minute. And I wanna I wanna I wanna look at something in the last few minutes of this message. Um I want you to think about actually I've got about five of them, but I'm gonna give you one. <laughs> and and this is an indicator. This is an indicator of how well you know God. How well you know Father. Okay? So, has anybody ever said something to you and you knew you needed to do some work and you needed to work on a specific thing? Say you're you're in school, you're in college, you're in high school, you're whatever and a teacher came along and said, you know, you need to you're not doing enough here. So did you just throw up your hands and quit because you weren't doing enough? No when they showed you what you needed to do, if you're going to pass and things are going to go well, you're going to hear what's being said and do something with it. So don't take what I'm saying today like, you know, oh my gosh, I failed. No, there's no failure stuff here. There's no failures in God. There's quitters, but there's no failures. God never created a failure. Never. Not once. Right? And this isn't about What we're talking about today is our Heavenly Father, no matter how many bad relationships that you've had, God knows what those are. He's there to help you and to walk you through and to heal you, but He doesn't want you to stay a victim because when you stay a victim of a specific thing, then it's always woe is me and how bad everything is with me, and you're not connecting with Daddy. And I'm telling you, my Heavenly Father has become like a Daddy to me. And that's what I want. I want Daddy relationships. So what I'm going to give you today is one indicator of how, let's say, how well you know God or how developed your relationship with God is. This is an indicator, okay? So if you're taking notes, write this down. Um, Where did I, t- I told you to go to 1 John, didn't I? Yep. Yeah. So... 1 John 4, and we're going to start with verse 4. So number one is this. Well, it's it's number one and the only one. Um, It's an indicator of how well you know God. How you speak of him indicates how you know him. How you speak of him. Let's read this, and then I'm going to talk about it. You are of God, little children, and have overcome them. Because he who is in you is greater than he that's in the world. They are of the world, therefore they speak as of the world, and the world hears them. We are of God. He who knows God hears us. He who is not of God does not hear us, by this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. One thing that I'm, I've realized as I've, as I've walked with God um, is that God is always the same. Scripture says Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever he's always the same he's not different he's not a different god to me than he is to you he's not a different god to the baptist down here if they're born again the only difference is whether we're born again or not there's two groups of people in the earth saved and lost they're all created in the image of god and all have the potential to be who God created us to be but they're saved and lost and if you're of the saved it doesn't matter whether you're of you're part of the Baptist Church or the Presbyterian Church or the Pentecostal Church or this church or what church there's one God and he's the same with every single church with everybody he's the same and he doesn't change okay and we have to believe that but One of the things that I've realized is that we have to come to a place where we believe in what the Word says. So one of the ways to indicate how developed that you are is how you talk about specific issues. So. I've, I've heard things, I'm going to give you several of them that I've heard for years. People will say this. You know, well, the Bible says you just never know what God's going to do. Does it? Does the Bible say you never know what God's going to do? So see, if a born-again Christian makes that type of a statement, when I hear it, I know that we serve the same God but they don't know him like I know him. Now I'm just talking about me judging. I'm not talking about telling them that and trying to act like I know more than them, or those kinds of. I mean, we've we, we got to be discerning in how to carry this thing with God, how to live the life that we're living, right? Um, well, brother, you know that the Bible says that God puts sickness on you to teach you things, because he did that to the Apostle Paul. Oh, man, if I've heard that once, I can't tell you how many times through the years that I've heard it. But the Bible doesn't say that. I'm not here to, we're not going to battle over whether it says that or not. I'm just telling you, I've studied it, I've searched it out. God doesn't put something on you that he doesn't have. Right? He brought heaven to earth through Jesus Christ, and that's what exists in us, and there is no sickness and disease in heaven. There's none there. So I'm just, I'm I'm, I'm answering things that I hear good Christian people say that are not truth. It's an indicator of where your relationship with the Father is. Okay? Well, you know, God puts tests and trials and really hard and ugly things on you to teach you and train you because the Bible says so. Well, the Bible doesn't say that. The Bible says God doesn't test with evil. He did not have to. There's already a bunch of tests out there. <laughs> he didn't have to test me. He didn't have to. And listen to me. Listen, there's a bunch of tests out there, and God will lead you through the tests, but He didn't put the tests on you. You see? And if you don't let God be God in the midst of the test, you'll come out on the other side of the tests mad at God. Time and time and time again. But see, I've heard people make these kinds of statements through the years. God doesn't put that kind of stuff on us. He doesn't test us. He doesn't have to. The tests are already there. But in the midst of the test and the trials that you and I face in this life, He will be the God that will lead us through. Paul said, many of the persecutions that come against the righteous, but my God delivered me from all of them. Everybody say, all of them. See, so why would God... Put something on me and then deliver me of that. Yeah, I'm going to teach I mean, I wouldn't even do that to my kids. That's not the nature of God. See, so what that reveals, what it reveals is, is there needs to be some development and growth in relationship with the Father. You know, most of the people, most of the people, and I don't say this critically about anybody, I'm, I'm telling you, but most of the people that tell me those kind of things, they know very little in the Word. They spend very little time. They've heard people say those kind of things. And so they say, well, you know, the Bible says. Well, not the Bible I read. And not the God that I know. And there's only one. So somebody's wrong. I said, somebody's wrong. Now listen to me. Listen to me. We've got to grow up. And we've got to be able to realize somebody's wrong, but we've got to handle it when somebody's wrong right. Yes. When I know that I know that I know that something is true, I can't let people's experiences talk me out of that. Right? When someone has gotten sick and something's bad's happened to them or whatever you know I have compassion I can pray I can believe God with people for certain things but I can't let what happens to someone else affect the way I believe God because not only is it not any good for me or my family or whatever but I'm not any good for other people to encourage them that God will do what his word says he will do every single time I'm telling you today if I know one thing I know this father knows best But listen, you can read this, you can hear the word I'm preaching today. You can disagree with me. And and you know what? If you don't agree with me, it's good that you stay in that place until you walk it out yourself and prove that it's not right. Every time I've ever heard the word, that in my mind I'm thinking, as I took the word and I went and looked at it for myself and I saw it for myself, then it became a part of me. You see, you can't believe it just, be, just because I say it. But you, the Bible says you need to put confidence in the things that we teach. It's important that you believe in what's being taught here and that we're, that we're not saying we have it all, but we're moving in a certain direction. We're growing and maturing so that we can become who God wants us to be so that we know how to have intimacy and real relationship with Father. What we say and how we say things indicate where our relationship with god and the father is and god wants it developed and he wants us maturing into people that know how to connect with him and know how to touch the world because if you and the father are one the world's going to believe because of you that's because of the father in you but they're looking at you right it's because your oneness with the father But they're going to believe because of what they see of the Father working through you. They don't see the Father, they see you, but you lead them to the Father. Man, is that important. When you walk away from this message today, you need to walk away with this revelation that Father knows best. And whatever it takes for you to know what Father thinks about situations and to know how father reacts to situations so that you can be just you can emulate and be like him that's your journey of relationship and intimacy with him can you say amen um so Hebrews 13, it's got a couple more verses and I'll be done. Hebrews 13 and verse 8. Jesus Christ, I, I quoted this earlier, is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Do not be carried about with various and strange doctrines. Romans 8 and verse 12 says, those who are led by the Spirit of God, they're the sons of God. I think think it's 12, maybe 14. Those who are led by the Spirit of God, they're the sons of God. The voice of the Spirit inside of us speaks only the words of the Father. So the way that you and I are able to grow in life and to differentiate between what's right and what's not is knowing the Father through the Person of the Holy Spirit. There are strange and really weird doctrines that people come up with. Some of what of which the the confessions that I made just a minute ago, you know, when when person says something that the Bible says when the Bible really doesn't say that. Well, you know, the Bible says this. Well, it does it really. And there are times maybe that you've quoted things, maybe you've quoted things that you've heard other people preach, you've heard me preach or whatever, and maybe you've quoted that, but do you really know that for sure in the Word? And I'm telling you the more that you develop a relationship with God through the Word, and, the, and learning to hear the voice of the Spirit, because you don't hear it with these ears, you hear it inside of you. It's something that is revealed, something that begins to make sense. You know, when we're talking about, like, people that talk about sickness and disease and God putting things on it, but, but the Bible says that by the stripes of Jesus, we were healed. And, and all that that entails and everything that goes with that is something that has to become a revelation and when you dig that out in the word and, and, and the word itself begins to speak to you that that's true, that's where your relationship with God gets strong and it begins to be solidified in so many different areas of life. And, and where people have hurt you or you've had bad relationships with fathers or parents or people in authority or this person or spouses or whatever, the things that have been in the past. You've had bad relationships with other people. When you connect with the Father, those things become a thing of the past. It just works that way. You know. But what does it take? It takes great faith, but with great faith it takes a lot of patience. It takes a lot of patience To be consistent and determined every day I'm gonna get this I want to see this I heard what pastor said today but man I need this this needs to be real to me not just because he said it I need to know this and I need to know it's right and I need to see that this real relationship with the father evolves with a with a God with a father that I can't even see with these eyes that that I can't necessarily touch Right here, my my five physical senses want to tell me, you know, try to talk me out of, is he really real? It's got to become real. And the only way is when you dig out the Word and let the Holy Spirit reveal the truth of that Word, that's the only way that that relationship with the Father becomes real. I wish it happened some other way, but it doesn't. That's the only way. And it takes... Man, does it take patience. (sighs) To believe and to be absolutely convinced of the things that I'm talking to you about today. The man that I quoted earlier from the 15th century, sometimes we might think it's tough. Literally, literally, this man took on the religion of the day literally by himself literally he nailed a thesis to the door of the presbytery and said a man is saved not by works but by a relationship with Jesus Christ and they came after him from every direction he was like one man against the whole church world, one man. Sometimes we think we have it difficult. (laughs) This man had it tough. And his words were, (laughs) that reasoning mind of yours is a whore. And that meant something in that day. To use that word in that day meant a whole lot more than it means today. It is such a counterfeit. You guys are talking yourselves out of what the will of God is in life because you don't have a personal relationship with him and you'll never have a personal relationship until you get born again. And once you and I are born again, when you're born again, it's one thing. What born again means is to be born a second time. You're looking at me today, you were born once. To be born a second time now positions you and I where Adam and Eve and it were with the, in, in the Garden of Eden where they were connected to God spiritually. But to be born a second time and then to develop is two different things. And without relationship with the Father and the development of that relationship, you stay saved, right? And it appears that there's all kinds of gods that think all kinds of different things. You're sitting here today, and I promise you, you know, this last week I was preaching up in Dallas at a prophetic conference. And it was a real privilege to go you know, and preach somewhere else. It's an honor to preach somewhere where someone invites you to come and you have something to say, and it's all, oh, that's great. Well, my passion is for the house. I'm, you know, To even say that I'm the father of the house here, I understand what that means. But I take that, I take that humbly. I'm not, I'm not relinquishing that and giving it to somebody else. Yes, but I'm the underfather of the house. See, and, and, and you can be convinced if you're here in this place for another 10 years with us or 20 years or 30 years, you will always be challenged to better yourself and to develop your relationship with the Father. Always. We will not preach politically from this pulpit. We'll not. Whether the government tells us we can or not, I, I don't see any need in it. You get so, some people can get so wrapped up in preaching politics, they forget the Word. And then, see, you preach politics and not the Word, then there becomes these multi-gods. See, it appears that God is more than one. Well, the Baptist says this, yeah, but the Methodist, you know, <laughs> you know. No. If you're born again, we're all the same, we're all connected to the same God. Yeah, but there's the, the Jews, and, and the, if you're born again, we're connected to the same God. I don't care whether you're Jew, I don't care what you are, thank God for Israel and for the Jew or whatever, but in this dispensation of time, I don't care what you are, you have to be born again. And you've got to get settled with that inside of you, and don't offend people with that. I've got, I've got Muslim friends that are coming into the kingdom because of what I'm sowing into them one little seed at a time. They're coming in. But it's because I know how to handle my relationship with God. I believe what I'm telling you today, but I don't shove that down anybody else's throat. You know, you want to hear? <laughs> you, you know, sit down and, you know, take about three hours because I'm going to tell you if you want to hear. If you want to hear, I'm going to tell you. But I'm not shoving it down people's throats. And I'm not teaching politics. And I'm not teaching from this pulpit against every other religion that's out there. We're not, we don't, why would we do that? If we're one with the Father, the world will know and they'll come to us. The Bible says people will come to the brightness of our rising. Well, it's not you. It's God in you. So when I'm one with Daddy then the world will know, and why would they want anything else than what daddy has? They don't. I promise you they won't. We don't have to preach against anybody. Just preach the word. Teach people how to hear the voice of God, how to develop right relationship. And when your mouth, and it's indicating to you the lack of relationship, when when your mouth is talking things that aren't necessarily right, take the time to find out what the word says. Don't just do it because you heard someone else preach it. That's why it appears that Christians serve a multifaceted God that believes all kinds of crazy things. He doesn't. Same yesterday, today, and forever. He believes one way and one way only. Somebody's wrong. Now, you know, I'm right all the time. That was a joke okay that was a joke Um, so I'm going to end with this John 7 and I'm going to end with this John 7 and verse 16 And and this this is I'm just taking what Jesus said and I'm telling you I believe this and you and I and you need to believe this okay think about it when we're one with the Father all of our systems will line up well Pastor I'm just not sure I believe that okay just get with the Father because I'm not sure I believe what you're saying but I'll get with the Father. And when we get with the Father, all these other things will line up because there's only one God and somebody's wrong. Watch what Jesus said. This is powerful. Verse 16, Jesus answered then and said, my doctrine is not mine. <laughs> ah, wow. But his who sent me. If anyone wills to do his will, he shall know concerning the doctrine, whether it is from God or whether I speak on my own authority. Jesus wasn't even telling them to believe him. He wasn't forcing anybody to believe him. It was their choice. Amen? See, see, It'll speak for itself. When you get to know daddy is what he's saying right here, it'll speak for itself. Then you'll know that what I'm saying is true. Verse 18, he who speaks from himself seeks his own glory. But he who seeks the glory of the one who sent him is true and no unrighteousness is in him. Isn't that amazing? He who speaks from himself seeks his own glory. So you know what? At the end of the day, that's the problem. Listen, the problem with our world is everybody seeking their own glory. I want to be number one. I want to be the best. I want to be the biggest I want it to be this way it's all about me you know I'm gonna prove my point point. And, and you know what Jesus didn't do that he didn't force anything didn't shove one thing down a person's throat and you know the other thing he didn't do because he because what he chose in the garden was not just the ultimate sacrifice but it was the ultimate act of submission he said Lord in other words Jesus is saying Lord if there be any other way let this cup pass from me but not my will but your will be done listen to me Jesus began to sweat drops of blood in the garden and, and the immense pressure of, of taking all of humanity upon himself was getting the best of him and what was happening man he was he was beginning to cradle within himself Jesus went into the garden in that talk with God in that prayer with God with a different will than the Father so not only was it the ultimate act of sacrifice it was the ultimate act of submitting to the will of the Father Gosh. how could it be because he was all God but he was all man And if he didn't have that ability If he didn't have the ability to choose contrary than the Father, then he's not the perfect sacrifice. But God, not my will, your will be accomplished. And his knowing the Father, and knowing that the Father had his back, and what the whole purpose was to redeem all of mankind, he chose to do that. Today, I'm just telling you, there are things in your and my life That need change, and the only way that those things will change and stay changed is in our relationship with God. Not just our relationship with you know knowing who God is. It's one thing to know who he is, but it's another thing to truly, intimately know him in the form of relationship. And as my title said, Father always knows best. And I don't know about you, but it's a win-win. If Father knows best and I'm connected to Father, then I always win. Come on, how about you? We're winners today in Christ Jesus. And it's a great day to be alive. And it's a great day to know Him as the Father that we're discussing and talking about today.